All right. Take three. <laughs> uh, all right. Here we are. So uh, welcome to the Alumni Yet Lab Meeting number two. Uh, this 1st of September, 2017. Spring. Spring. First day of spring. Shit. Spring has sprung. Yeah. Um, and yes, we have a name, apparently. Um, so you're now tuning into the Alum Not Yet podcast. <laughs> um, three points for this lab meeting that we'll be talking about today. Um, music in labs. Where do you stand, Anne? Mm-hmm. Uh, what got you into science as well? And a little bit of a versus question. Which program couldn't you live without? Microsoft Excel. Or Microsoft Paint. <laughs> That's an easy answer. Microsoft Paint has been decommissioned. Wrong. What? By petition, they no. got it back. Oh, okay. The people have spoken. So, yes, it was decommissioned, but oh. they got it reinstated because maybe, I, I think I read this in BuzzFeed or something. But basically, people love MS Paint. Well, obviously, people can't live without it. I mean, that you don't see them trying to get rid of Excel, so it's pretty important. And you and I would use Excel on a daily basis. I do. More so, I haven't used Paint in about five years. Paint's Did we use, were you I using used, it yesterday? I was using <laughs> Paint yesterday. I love Paint. I made a little bit of cover art for us, but it may not come out any good. Actually, but, I do appreciate Paint because. Apples don't have anything like that. Or well, I'm sure they do, but not as good. That's why you haven't used painting five years. Yeah, you that, that, that is true, yes. But we don't have an equivalent program that I feel is adequate. So do you feel like you're a master of Excel at this point? Yes. You use absolutely. it daily. Do you love a good spreadsheet? I do, yes. When do it's all there and you have like your graph ready and then you just input your data and then it like builds your graph. And then the line grows. Yeah. You go. Yeah, that's really Oh, cool. amazing. Does it annoy you when people are performing a task and they should be using a spreadsheet and it would make their life easier and they're not? Yes. Like that really annoys me. I went home the other day and my housemates are divvying something up to do with the water bill or the gas bill and I've only just moved in and they had several people through in the last three months and the gas bill came in for the last 42 days which is not a unit of time that people are used to dividing no. or splitting bills and I, I was just have like trouble with that. spreadsheet would have done this for you and they're were like they using, were they using their calculator iPhone pens and papers iPhones oh. post-it notes and it was just a farce and these people just should have known better so hopefully I didn't have to design the spreadsheet, but I was thinking about how I could. So I was cooking around them and they're discussing mm-hmm. things. And I was just like, oh, but I put this here and I put this here. And what I do the sum of. I love doing little, <laughs> the formulas in the boxes. It makes me feel like I'm really good at Excel. And I'm literally not that great, but I do like little formulas and doing stuff like that. But it's a lot more than what most people know, I think. I think so. And that makes me feel really good about myself for something that <laughs> isn't that great well, in the context of the world. I love Excel, but I really hate it when people use it to actually present their data because it doesn't look as nice as other forms of software that can make pretty graphs and things like that. Oh, right. See? So you'd be going for a different software yeah, like, I feel like GraphPad? Exactly. Prism. Amazing. Oh, I've never used Prism. Or GraphPad Prism. Same thing. Oh, the same thing. Oh, right. Yes. 
I was forced by my supervisor to use one called Sigma Plot, which is mm. a very there. outdated system. So yeah. I was reading a book that was about as thick as my leg <laughs> just to find out how to input values because it hadn't been updated since 2005. So it was actually really tough. Should so use Prism. It looks like I'll have to in the future. Um, so, Anne, I was working with a little work experience kid today, mm. and I was talking to her, and I was like, what subjects are you going to pick next year? She's going into year 11, and she's like, oh, I'll probably pick, uh, probably pick chemistry, and I'll pick biology. And I was like, oh, cool, great choices. What got you into science? So, that's my question to you, Anne. What got you into science? I'm not going to have the most interesting answer for you. Well, this, this girl had a really good science teacher in year 8, and that's yeah. usually where most people I talk to, that's where it starts. But See, what's your background? I had great teachers for everything. And I was good at everything. Oh, alrighty then. <laughs> so, then I did everything at uni as well. How do you mean you did So everything? I went to uni first time. Yeah. And then I did some arts and I did some science. Oh, okay. You both. And I did some gender studies. Ooh. I did some art history. She <laughs> did a bit of everything. A lot of choice there. I know. It was a very confusing time for me because I really didn't have any stable friends because I was doing so many <laughs> different subjects. I was like in every single faculty. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was quite difficult. And then science just made sense, I guess. It made sense. You enjoy the scientific method. I do. Do you remember what the first experiment you ever ran was? In uni, maybe? Oh, maybe. Maybe you ran one beforehand. Yeah, I probably did. And I couldn't remember what it was. Because I remember I had a... My mum's a chemistry teacher by trade anyway. So, pretty much drilled into me. My mum had science happening for me in the kitchen. You follow Mm -hmm. the method of cooking a cake. It's a chemical reaction. It's basically the same. So, that's where I started. But I had a really good teacher when I went to boarding school in year 10. His name was Mr. Kleinschiefer. And he was a rough as guts physics teacher. He was an ex-shearer and he had a huge beard. <laughs> and every month he would shave his entire head because he was going bald. Wow. And at the end of the month he'd have this huge beard and a massive bald spot. And then he'd take the razor back over and go again. And he was, my, he was my tutor before school, so he was in my tutor group where you, yeah. you, know, you get your role marked and stuff like that. Um, and he was our rough physics teacher. And in year 10, we had to design our own experiment. And there was this really smart kid in our class who went on to become a dentist and got a 99.95 ATAR and was doing extension four maths at 16. Like, he was a, he was a brain, really yeah. nice kid. But... I wanted to beat him at something, and we had to design our own experiments. You beat him at designing an experiment. And I designed and conducted this experiment and wrote this report, and I got 25 out of 25. Whoa. And he got 24 and a half, and I was like, suck it, Pat. Yes, that's the best. And I remember Klein Schaefer put the report on my desk, and he was walking past that classic, walking down the aisle, handing out (laughs) papers thing, and he goes, as he's handing out, he's like, I've never given anybody 100% of these. And he puts mine down on my desk and keeps walking. And I look at the mark and he turns around at the same time and he goes, you bastard. <laughs> and keeps hanging out. So that was like really good. That um, was a defining moment in your life. It was really a defining moment. Um, 
you know, I always stressed about what I was going to do at school. We had a lot of pressure on us. It was like, you need to have decided on your preferences and stuff. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. And I finally decided, actually someone else decided for me. And I went, yeah, I'll give marine biology a crack at UTS. Ah. We were sitting in my dorm and he pointed to the the UAC guy and was like, you could do that. That looks fun. I was like, oh, cheers. Yeah, I'll do that. (laughs) All right. And here I am. And as soon as I picked it, my mum was like, I always knew you were going to be an environmental scientist. I was like, well, you could have told me. Save me the stress, woman. Yeah. Thanks for that. That would have been very helpful. But that's kind of why I ended up here, because I like working outside, and I like forming instructions, I think. Yes, I like that too. Like something methodical. Yeah, and you want to answer questions all the time. Like, you were talking today about your... Well, which one? The mouth. Stingrays. The stingray one. Um, why are they always smiling? Why are they smiling? But also, why are stingrays in aquariums also always smiling? <laughs> if you're stuck in, a, you know, an aquarium, you wouldn't be too happy, maybe. But you're getting fed regularly. Yeah, but you're in a confined space. You're no longer with your family, maybe. Do aquarium animals and zoo animals get fat? I'm like, sure fatter than their... Well, there's a dugong at the aquarium, and I think it's getting real fat because it stopped eating. Because last time I was there, there was just bits of lettuce like covering the entire surface of its like cage tank. Yeah, Yeah. and maybe that's like they're just overfeeding it. Because that's what our friend Shannon used to do. She used to feed the dugongs. Um, oh my god, so you were say she, was, she feeds herself too <laughs> Sorry, I whoa. thought that's where you were going. No, okay. I can see the look in your eyes now. You tell me that. You were oh, like, don't, don't, don't say this, Ellery, don't, don't say this. But I said No, it. Shannon used to feed the dugong, so she'd go in and cut up all this bloody greenery. And Is just that a chuck full-time job? Uh, part-time. She's mm-hmm. doing it during uni for ages. Okay. She hated it, because all she did was cut up lettuce. But do they ever want to eat it? They yeah, must just be bored because all they eat is lettuce. Well, I think that's a very balanced diet, but I'm like, there has to be a certain amount of fitness that comes to an animal from having to hunt or forage for food. Mm. If you don't have to forage as hard or hunt at all, you wouldn't be as fit for sure. No. So these Absolutely. animals would be like, well, I mean, you wouldn't feed them too much, but they'd be, they'd be not match fit. Like, so why are they smiling then? Well, why are you stingray smiling? I mean. We were talking about scientific method and answering questions, and both of us discussed the possibility of maybe answering that question today. Did we? Yes, we did. And neither of us did. Maybe we just need to see if more stingrays are smiling. So you need a larger sample size. Absolutely. Also, have you seen... Do you want to go to the aquarium? Yes. (laughs) But have you seen baby stingrays? No. Oh, they're real cute. They're like transparent and look like tiny ravioli. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's an appropriate like description. That's amazing. They look really cool. What are the? Are they live birth or are they eggs? Yeah, live. Sure. Not at all. That's because like shark eggs are really weird looking ones. Like Port Jackson Mm. shark eggs are like conical spirals they actually look quite vicious that's heaps cool though 
I like that. Traditional eggs are just boring. Oh, I mean, they're round and they come out easy. Mm. I mean, what are these sharks doing? Oh my god, look at this baby stingray! It's like <laughs> smiling! It's like a little ravioli smiling at you, right? It's still smiling. Look, people, do yourself a favour and go look at baby stingrays. Look at those. They're amazing. Yeah, they're so happy. See why? Why are they? This one's got boots on. Why? And a top hat <laughs> and a cane. Why are they it's naturally like naturally happy from birth? Like it's just programmed into their DNA it's... to be forever happy. <laughs> just get a happy little. Look stingray. at their little faces. That's amazing. Oh god, I'll watch videos of that later. That's for sure. The best is when you walk under the tanks in the aquarium oh. and they're stuck against the glass and you yell at you and they're smiling. Gross. But that's what they're always doing. Stingrays are always stuck on that glass. Like they're just sleeping there or resting or did something. Did you do, when we first came to UTS, and you, did you go down to the aquarium for like yes. a field trip? Yeah. And there's that room at the end of Sydney Aquarium that you do a walkthrough, and it's a massive tank. Yeah, like one wall is the whole tank. Yes. Yes. And it's the last tank, and there's a bunch of steps there. Best thing you can do is go to that tank lay down on the steps upside down oh. and hang your head over the step and then look at the tank ah. upside down it's amazing i'll do that next time so it makes me want to go like snorkeling or scuba diving and just hang upside down that's the best thing about diving yeah it's a 360 movement i mean i haven't been in years but i remember enjoying it thoroughly and yeah. The concept of being able to move in 360 degrees was incredible. Yeah, astounding. You weren't, you're not even bound by gravity at that point. No. I mean, maybe a little bit of buoyancy, but. You can just like rotate in whatever way you want. Yeah. Once I learned how to hover, hover, hover. Hover. Whatever it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Keep your buoyancy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, you're at that even point and you cross your legs and you've, mm. you've almost reached a state of zen. Yes. I really, really enjoyed that. It's a good time. I love it. Go get your license. You should go diving. Where are Where's good around? Sydney, somewhere. Somewhere in Sydney. I've only been once in, in uh, Cornell. We saw weedy sea dragons. Oh. They were heaps cool. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. I'll have to go down and do that. It's really underrated. Do it. Do it. You can't learn it? Yep. Okay. So, third point, man. Yes. I've been. Walking into my lab lately, and with a new flurry of masters and PhD students underneath my supervisor, who are all about a year in, we're mm-hmm. all, all except for me, I'm like three, three months in, three weeks in, Christ. Um, there's a there's a hive of activity, a flurry of activity. Oh no! So we might have six or seven people in our lab at any given time I walk in there. Wow! And first person there gets to pick the music. That's a fine rule. Oh. But what amount of people? Do you go and turn your music down? Never. Never? You never turn your music down? No. If you were there first, you have your music on, it's on. It's yours. It's your time to shine. That's a big call. I mean, we we have a very diverse group of people with some different age ranges. We've got people ranging from 22 all the way to upwards of 50. I don't want to guess how old (laughs) it is. Uh, um, do we another Anne Anne Cole? Yes, um, and but does their taste in music vary significantly? Look, if someone's playing something reminiscent of thrash metal, 
And a 55-year-old woman walks in to do her algal experiments. And you haven't looked up from your microscope, but when you do, you see her and you go back to the microscope. Do you consider that rude? I don't know. I mean, I don't go much into thrash metal outside of my headphones. No. See, when I say nemo, it's because I play good music, so my music is fine. Righto. Everybody approves of that, but I think it's not rude. It's not rude, it's fine. No, actually, you know what? I would ask. I'd be like... Get over it. No, I'd ask. I'd be like, do you mind if I play this? Like, as a courtesy, and I'd hope that they say yes. Yeah, you're a courteous person. And most people will. You give them the option. I mean, no one goes, you know what, this does suck. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> exactly. But I feel like you do get dibs if you come in first. Mm, you should be able to play your music. But then I think maybe you can just turn your music down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if there's three or four other people in the lab with you, I think it's time to just knock the volume off a bit. Yeah. But, um, like, I don't mind. My lab's fine. Um, I like the music that... It's usually Matt and Laura. I like the music they play. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But if I need a change, I throw my headphones on and do my stuff. Yeah. But, you know, Matt gets me into some good music every now and then. We did a Doors day the other day. It was just the Doors the all day. The Doors all day. So, yeah, it was pretty good. And, like, nice. I love putting on a live concert. Um, oh. I was big on listening to, like, Metallica and Rhythm of Chili Peppers live concert while I was doing my oh. work. See, I worked in the Proteo Mix Live upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, and they are notorious for their heavy metal. Yeah, like I got a couple head of friends up banging there. music loud, 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 loud all loud. day. All day. And that was a real shock to my system when I had to be in there every day for a couple months. Yeah, my friend Joel's up there, and he's yeah. he's into that type of stuff. Yeah, he's, and that's he's great. And, he's, he's and you know, in short spurts, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, about 10 seconds worth of that, sure. That was enough. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, like, after that, it's like, hmm, kind of, like, either burst this eardrum or just... Throw the radio. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you indeed. But music is better than no music. Would you play a podcast out I would. in the lab? Uh, yeah, I would. What would you play? If you could play any podcast you've been listening to, to try and, you know... Keep a nice mood in the lab. I like this podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish. Ooh. Yeah, it's great. It's um, done by the guys who do the TV show QI. Hashtag free plug. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and they just get together and every week the four guys just say what the most interesting science fact they found was that week. And they just discuss it for an hour. Well, what's your most interesting Very science interesting. fact this week? Huh. Well, I haven't done any science this week, so... Well, neither have I, so let's move on. <laughs> but you know what's so... What an interesting thing I found out today? That Lego has just released a Millennium Falcon Lego kit that has 7,500 pieces and costs $1,300. <laughs> but I'd really like it, so... Someone buy it for me, please. It I looks mean, incredible. People can't see the joy on... <laughs> right, I thought you'd appreciate that. ...both of our faces it right looks like Apparently the detail is immaculate. Oh, or 7,500 pieces. How big is it? Like a metre across? Oh, man, that would... Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> <be> epic. <laughs> um, my uncle bought these little indoor drone 
Millennium Falcons. They're about oh, as big as two of your hands together. And they're right. fantastic. So That's I remember fantastic. we were watching the new The Force Awakens, no yes. seven. And as they discovered the Millennium Falcon, like <laughs> that old piece of trash, and they're like, the jungle loo. They go back to it. And as they start taking off, me and my uncle are flying these drones simultaneously around the room. That's incredible. And he had his cat at the time, and the cat was just flipping out. Wow. Um, I want one. It was great fun. They were about 100 bucks. Oh, that's sweet. Drones are so sweet. Yeah, we ordered them in from the US. They were great. But you should know what you should not do. Don't take your drone to Cuba. What? Because they won't let you keep it. So when I was traveling, I met this guy... And he had a drone, and apparently his drone costs like $800. Yeah. Apparently it was real fancy. So he got to Cuba thinking, oh, cool, I'm traveling for like a year. I'm going to keep my drone. Keep my drone and video all these amazing things while I'm traveling. Gets to Cuba Customs or whatever, and they're like, sorry, you cannot take this into our country. Totally. And he's like, oh, shit. Okay, they're like, we're just going to keep this here, and you're not allowed to have it while you're here in Cuba. And he's like, oh, fine, okay, whatever goes along on his holiday, leaves Cuba, is like, oh, can I have my drone back? What drone? $1,000. <laughs> yeah. You pay us $1,000 and yeah, we'll give you your drone back. How long was he in Cuba? Like a few weeks or something. Yeah, that's what, 10 bucks a day? Less. Oh, come on. Like, that's oh, just not right. That's storage. They held on to it for him. Oh, far out. Well, he could have held on to it himself. Yeah, but he would have used it taking the secrets of Cuba with Exactly. Him. Well, that's why. Like, they it? haven't cured HIV. Is he they claim they've cured HIV, right? No, he was British. Maybe they produce a spy. Yeah, MI6. The Cold War's not over. No, not for them. Nothing's over for Cuba. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's just no word of warning. Do not take your drone to Cuba. Yeah. Well, I don't think ours are that fancy. Ours don't go higher than three meters. Okay. But also, when I was travelling, there were a lot of signs in lots of nature places where they have big signs saying, do not use drones here. Oh, okay, yeah. But what's the deal with that? What are you going to do with your drone? Are we in a place with Spoils lots of the local ecosystem. Like, you might How? run into the birds. Is... They're quite noisy. Yeah, I guess. You might crash it somewhere. I don't, I don't know. Apparently, it's magpie swooping season. Just off a random topic. No, no, go there. I just read it. I didn't know that was a thing, magpie swooping season. You did grow up in the city, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Obviously, can't you tell? Oh, I, like, magpie swooping season's a thing. Oh, it's a I, big thing. I don't know how I get into this. We had, um, we had our high school in my local hometown. And then we had these two big football ovals down the back. Yeah. And in the back left corner, there was a string of trees there. I remember I went to this school in year seven. And my <laughs> father had gone there and my mother had taught a bit there as well. So my dad had been there back in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, my dad was at school there. Sure. And I went there in 2007 through to 2009. And I remember my first day down there, we were playing a bit of touch footy on the oval. We walked down there um, and we were doing an orientation. Yeah. So I was in year six. And so it was the springtime and we're down there. And this black and white streak comes hurtling out of the trees. And everybody who went to school there dropped. And all of us little kids on our orientation at 12 years old were like, what? And this magpie just harried and harassed us. 
apparently this magpie's been there since my dad was there. Like, either this magpie or a family has always been there. Resident magpie. Residents, and they always swoop. Oh, you're in the territory. Yeah. So I've seen kids have their ears cut open with them. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The worst ones are plovers, P-L-O-V-E-R, which are like a wetland bird. So we have them in our rugby field back home. <laughs> and plovers are white and brown, kind of a black head and black topped head and a white be- uh, yellow bill slash beak. And what they have is they have thorns on their wings. I think it's the males or the females, and the thorns are poisonous. So if they hit you with the thorn, it's some sort of no, some sort of venom or poison, which, whichever one is more appropriate there. Venom. Because if you lick a toad, it's you get poisoned. Poisonous, but if the toad bites you, it's venomous. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's how it works. So plumbers have like a venom, I guess, because they're injecting it. But yeah. It's around magpie swooping season, but I don't think you'll get many... In the city? Maybe Victoria Park, maybe. Oh, okay. So maybe the drone makes birds... Yeah, because that's the thing, they'll defend their territory. That's where I went with that. Yeah, random yeah. thought. Yeah, or maybe the drones might accidentally hit birds. Yeah, I think that's also an issue, but I think it, yeah, it puts pressure on the, the native avian wildlife. Mm. And... Okay. That's why they would not want that happening there. Makes sense. Mm. All right. Yeah. I feel like... Oh, oh music. Oh, we're done with music. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. So, um... Humble brag here. Oh, yes. Just because just I can. Just because oh, I want to bring it up a lot. I forgot to do it. No, that's all right. I, that's all right. I wanted to mention it. Well, you do it then. Okay. I do will. it. Do I it. will. We can edit it once Yes. Now leave it, leave it. <laughs> well, since we last spoke, Ellery Johnson is now a published author. Officially published. Woo! Pretty impressive. Woo! I mean, you're just three weeks into your PhD and paper. But this paper's from 2015. Who cares? So many people. <laughs> who cares? That's recent still. Mm, it's pretty recent. But like lots of people come into their PhD with nothing, and some people finish their PhD with nothing. Oh, God, so you good. are way ahead of the pack already. Feels good, thanks, Anne. I'm now proud of that you. Little booster. I'm proud of you. So if anybody would like to read a paper called "Ocean Acidification Alters Zooplankton Communities and Increases Top Down Pressure of a Cubozoan Predator," you can now because it's been written by a previous supervisor of mine, Ed Hamill, myself. I'm the real cheese on the sandwich, the yes. second author. Hey, but you could be like a good cheese, like brie. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe, if I can do it. Like, you want to be good cheese, you know. I, yeah, I'd say, oh, Swiss. I like Swiss cheese. Okay. It's good, but it's not too good. You can be Swiss cheese then. I've Swiss cheesed this one. Um, then the rest of the sandwich is filled up by uh, Ed Hammer's wife, Trisha, who was really fun to work with. Janwa, who was absolutely amazing, worked with Southern Sims. Uh, my friend Charles Hinchliffe. Oh, yeah, great. Dreadlock Charles. Shout nice. outs to Charles. He's actually on a boat for the next three weeks out somewhere in the Pacific having Sandling? a great time. Sandling just... something. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know. He's on Not just shit. for leisure. Yep. Um, great. Ed's friend Pierre and Maria Byrne from Sydney University. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in ocean acidification, copepods, and how jellyfish will be. You know, winning the war of the ocean in the future. Oh. Have a read. 
Um, and what journal is that in? Global Change Biology. Oh, nice. I think it's got a nice impact factor. That's what I was told. <laughs> I'm sure it will do. So yeah, that's that's my first officially published paper. Um, someone's like, "Are you gonna buy the, the physical journal?" I was like, yeah, "Not all journals do that, though." Exactly, a lot exactly. of them moved away from that now. I mean, maybe wait till you get published in Science or Nature, you know, then you get that physical copy. Yeah, when I get to Nature. One time, I got um, someone sent me an issue of Science magazine. Ooh. And I was like, oh, why am I getting this? Am I in? Like, I was like, am I in this? But this was like four years ago. I was like, you know, second year uni. I was like, what's happening here? How did you get my name? But alas, my name was not in it. Oh, I was very disappointed. Yeah, it's amazing when you start science, you think you're going to be pretty good. And then you're like, wow, yeah. so much to do before you can be anything. Exactly. <laughs> um, hey, we got time. Exactly. So what's happening this weekend, Anne? Ooh, Father's Day. Father's Day. You doing anything for your father? Yes. I well, heard you I have mentioned nice... some baking. Yeah, well, you know, we always have Father's Day or any celebration at our house. Mm. The entire family comes over. We've got to cook for a lot of people. Jesus. Hopefully everyone brings some food. That would help. Ease the load a little. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, yet to buy my father a gift. Does he want one? No. I mean, I'm giving my father five pairs of socks and a set of ratchet straps that I borrowed off him. So, <laughs> I'm giving him five dollars worth of present and his old stuff back. Well, I'm sure he's going to appreciate that oh, more than you know. It's, it's probably a better deal than he's got in the past from me. Yeah. I usually used to just buy him stuff I wanted. Mmm, <laughs> that's a great way to do things. The other day it was my friend's birthday and I bought him, like, a mini cake. Mm. But just because I wanted to try it. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, you should have bought more than a mini cake. No, but I didn't want to, like, buy too many cakes. It was more about, like, me buying a cake as a nice gesture for someone that I like. How much of the cake did you eat? Half. (laughs) It wasn't me. Was there only two of you? Yes. That's acceptable. That's fine. But yeah, had there been four of you and you ate half, (laughs) not a good show. Well, I bought it, but still. I would have, yeah. Fair enough. I was very glad I got to taste the cake. It was from that place we walked past in Broadway that had all the cakes in the... Mm. Yeah, that place. You'll know it if you've ever been to the Broadway shopping centre. Yeah. Top of the first escalator, bang on the left, market something or other. Merchants of Merchants something. something. Of right. what? Who knows? Merchants of cake? But it was delicious. It was a profiterole with Ooh. salted caramel inside and then popcorn on top. It was so good. That's pretty amazing. I'll buy you one for your birthday. Well, it's only another 10 months away, so... Uh, Remind me in 10 months. Christmas? We'll, see, we'll <laughs> still be here. We'll be here. Maybe they won't. That'll be the sad thing. Um, and then... It's Jack's birthday on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, We're having Jack. a surprise birthday for him on su- Saturday night. Will we hear this? Well, no. <laughs> no unless we get this out, like, tomorrow. So don't spoil the surprise. Uh, but Saturday. It's cool. going to be a surprise birthday for him. Fantastic. And that's it, really. Sounds all right, then. And you're going close to home? No, I'm going the other way. I'm going oh. up the coast because my field trip was cancelled last uh, week yes. for a number of reasons. So I didn't get to go up on the rivers. Shame. 
disappointing. So this week, Father's Day, I'm going to watch my brother play football up at Marimba. Nice. See my old man and my mother and my little sister. Get a free breakfast. Yes. Get a free dinner. Oh, winning. Um, see the family. You know, that's okay, very that's, important. That's way down on the list. Uh, I haven't seen them in three, four months. So, you know, it's important stuff. That is important. My sister's only 10. You've got to be part of her life. Yeah, but, wow, she's only 10. Yeah, she's only little. I didn't know she was that young. She's really little. Um, yeah, my dad is now president of the PNF at the school <laughs> for the fourth or fifth time. Wow. I think. He just him. keeps going back. Good on him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, do that. And then I'm going on a field trip on Sunday afternoon. We're going to complete this field trip. We're going to go up to Tarbury. Okay. Take some samples for uh, the DPI. And knock that on the head and be back Tuesday afternoon. Amazing. But yeah, that's what I'm up to. Jam packed weekend, full of it. I think I still have to get a washing machine for the house. You have to buy a washing machine? Yeah. Why do you have to do it? Because. Use your Excel file and no, 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 no. I'll be knowing exactly who owes me what. Thank you. Oh, okay. I thought you were just going to buy a washing machine for the entire house. No, no, no. It's like that's awfully generous. No, but I think I'm in charge of it because I'm the only one who has access to a van and can, um, move, can move it up the stairs. I see. So we'll have to see how that goes, but that's about it. Never had the pleasure of buying a washing machine. I can't imagine. No. I can't imagine there's much pleasure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking at star ratings. And, well, oh I guess knowing that you'll have clean clothes. Oh no, but the Vietnamese lady will miss you. She'll miss my business. Yeah. She will miss my business. Oh, I have the best alterationist. Is that a thing? Someone who alters my clothes. She's so cute. She's amazing. She's this like Chinese woman. She's like, oh, I like you so much. And then I came in after like four months because I've been like five months or something because I've been away. And I had like my hair in little buns and she's like, Oh, the buns are so good, and oh, she was like, and she was like rubbing my buttons, like really like shaking them good, and she's like, ah, a nice little change for the boys. It's <laughs> like, mm. she's so great. She's highly entertaining, and I was like, yes. That's why I do it, you know, obviously. Uh, doing it for the boys, as they say. Yeah, but she alters all my clothes for me. She's great. Oh, great. I highly recommend it. Amazing. She's on Broadway. Right, yo. It's just Dumb. tiny, tiny alterations. There's some overalls that need hemming. I'll have to go and see it. Nine dollars. Ah, Pretty dollars. good. Cheap as chips. Yeah. All right, want a beer? Yes, please. Cool. All this right. week's episode is sponsored by Penny Lane, where we're about to go for beer. Hey, thank you, Mr. If you're a UTS, head down there. Every Friday. Have a beer. Every Friday. We're usually there. Hint, hint. Free plug. They're not actually sponsoring us. <laughs> maybe they will once they start listening to our podcast. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Live meeting done. See you all. Have a nice weekend. Bye.